Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. Lots to get through this week. We need to recap what happened at the end of the transfer window. We will talk about the Birmingham game on Saturday, the QPR game on Tuesday and look ahead to QPR again this Saturday at Ashton Gate. Uh, Gregor, let's begin with the start of the transfer window. We'll go chronologically then. Bit of a mad last day for Bristol City, wasn't it? That Marlon Pack move, we'll start with that one, sort of came out of nowhere. Apparently the club, Cardiff, said they were interested that morning and then sort of by the afternoon he was going across the Severn Bridge and he was on his way. Yeah, one of those late deals that comes out of nowhere. We, uh, well, to be honest, we we really didn't see this one coming. But then, maybe with the midfield options they got in and Adam Nagy, had, had Nige, Nige apparently, Nige, 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 like that. Okay. Adam Nige. Okay, that might be wrong, but that's what I've been told. Okay, Adam is uh, <laughs> has, has maybe looked, and Han Noah the other night, and maybe they just feel that they've got the options there that they can move on. What I thought was interesting was um, two things. First of all, the fee, which which has sort of come out as being reportedly uh, £4 million. That's what, now, that's a good deal if that is the case, right? Yeah, that's what we understand it to be. So, yeah, that is a, a good deal. And what I thought was interesting was Lee Johnson sort of pointed towards Marlon Pack's age. Mm. But Marlon Pack is only 28, and he's probably come into the peak of his career now. He's probably four years or so of, of the top of his game. And Neil Warnock is, is, is obviously a big fan of his and recognises that. So it's an interesting one, this. I think City really feel that they've kind of upgraded there. And I don't necessarily disagree with them, having seen the guys over the last couple of games. Yeah, Nervousengo, Adonais, yeah. they've got options. Also, don't forget Liam Walsh is still there. He was excellent, yeah. Liam Walsh Not was excellent on Tuesday. Also, Brown. and I have to say, unfortunately for Marlon, I just didn't think he was on his game at all against Leeds United mm. on the first day of the season. Which I do wonder if that played a big part. Yes, he's going to be a massive miss from the dressing room. So is Jamie Patterson. I'm sure we'll come on to it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's he he was a key player. Obviously, there's only one guy left from that 2014-15 team Smith. now. Yeah, Corey Smith. And he's injured. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's maybe a, a good deal for everyone. I saw him play on Saturday in the Cardiff game and he was good, Marlon Pack. He had a good yeah. game. I always feel, felt with Marlon that if he was on his game, Bristol City played well. Yeah. And, yeah, occasionally he wasn't, and maybe that does have a knock-on effect. It's funny, though, he's gone to potentially promotion rivals. How do you feel about that? Yeah, good good point. I mean, same with Pato as well. Yeah, he's gone to Derby. Alone to a yeah. rival. It's quite surprising. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe that shows the confidence Bristol City have got in the players they've recruited. And, yeah, they feel that they, they really have better options. You... Looking at the calibre of players coming in, to be fair to the club, I mean, a Hungarian international with countless caps mm. who's played in Syria after... Who doesn't have championship experience. Yes, yeah, true, true. You, that, that was the thing for me, you've taken out that championship experience. Yeah, I mean, this guy looks quality, I'm Nigel, and that might sort of trump all of that. But then... Masengo's still really young. Josh mm. Brown was only 23. Mm. So you look across that midfield, the only experienced player is Corey Smith who's injured, isn't it? In in this in this league. Yes, yeah. And you, you're spot on. They haven't brought in championship experience there. And yes, maybe we're going to have to trust the club and we're going to have to see how, how those guys pan out. I'd have to say, 
as I just mentioned, that the initial signs are good because, firstly, the the game at Birmingham was excellent and they should have won that game. They had the better chances. And if Ben Ekephobe takes one of those one-on-ones that he has, then it's a completely different game. They get the three points. And also at QPR, they, yeah, I thought they actually played really well. I know Lee Johnson said afterwards he was unhappy with the way the team were off the ball. And it does seem that like uh, defending is the problem at the moment. But certainly going forward, there's some exciting stuff being played. Well, it was last game stuff getting Ben Ekephobe in the door, wasn't it, from uh, Stoke. What do you make of this signing? Is he someone that wasn't top of their list, if we're honest? I think we have to probably assume that from, from the timing. And I'm in two minds about it. I mean, I've been writing all this week about, well, e- evaluating Bristol City's transfer window and I've called it middling and I think I would would settle mm. for that because I do think there's good work they've done and I do think there's maybe question marks about some of it as well. And the problem with Benekafobe is, yes, you can say, arguably, they have now brought in a proven championship striker because he has scored goals at that level. Mm. However, it's the timing of it. If it, if it really was last minute. Yeah, two to three weeks before the end of the window or something, probably there's, there's no questions asked. But, yeah, it, obviously high profile, um, missing out on Eddie and Ketia. He was due a medical, wasn't it, Bristol City? Yeah, that's our understanding as well. That's been confirmed by the Yorkshire end today. I don't know if you've seen Phil Hayes' excellent article on how Leeds United won that race. He says the same thing. Interesting to hear that Lee Johnson went over to Arsenal as well, it's explained in the piece, delivered a um, PowerPoint presentation over there, as he does to try and... I mean, how how frustrating for the management to go down to Arsenal, personally pitch for a player, and still not get him. I mean... We know that last-minute U-turns happen all the time. Look at Joe Bryan. He's went to go to Villa, he went to Fulham. But it seemed like they'd done everything they could and the players still would not come. Is that a concern? Or is not, it just a personal choice, this one? I think, I think the big factor here is the friendship between Victor Orta and Unai Emery, which has really enabled Leeds to get their foot in the door late on when we... We'd been reporting and mentioning, talking about this deal, haven't we, for a long time. And we knew that he was a real top target of Bristol City. They'd, work, they'd work, done a lot of work on this deal. And that's why they were confident they were going to get him. And I have to say as well, looking at Leeds' couple of, last couple of games, he obviously didn't start in the, the first league game. And it'll be interesting to see whether he does coming up. Is it, It's maybe a little bit difficult to see how he fits into that first team, which... Is it Patrick Bamford's place? Yeah, exactly. And, and Bamford was excellent when he pl- came to City and mm. he's and he's a favourite of Marcelo Bielsa. So, yeah, is he going to play quite as much as if he would have come here? Who cares, I suppose, we move on. It's ifs, buts and maybes. But, yeah, and th- th- I think they did have a real good chance. They've missed out. And instead, yeah, they've brought in a Fobe late on. And he's obviously a very different kind of player. I have to say, I was impressed what did with you him. Think of him yeah, I was Birmingham? impressed with him against Birmingham. Obviously, he wasn't clinical, and um, City need to, to make that happen. I think in the long term, that that probably will happen. And I do think Lee Johnson can bring that back out of him. Lee's always been really good working with the strikers, getting the likes of Tammy and Bobby scoring regularly. And I also think there's an argument to say that Andy Vyman deserves more chance down the, the middle. middle. Yeah, yeah and, definitely. And also, Fam's goal-scoring record is is good for the minutes he's played in well, everything. This is it. So. What does he do on Saturday? Because Fam scored against QPR on, on Tuesday, so he's got a selection headache there, hasn't he? Exactly. There's 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 
competition for places. And also, Semenya was really good for parts of Tuesday's game. Played a, a lovely assist, slide rule pass in. Casey Palmer-esque almost on um, yeah, Tuesday night for Deju's finish, which was a, a really yeah, I, class... It was tough. a brilliant goal by, yeah. by Gigi. I didn't think he was going to get it past keeper from that angle. Uh, but alas, they, they lost on penalties. We'll come on to that in a minute. But the Birmingham game on Saturday, um, it's, it's so hard at this stage of the season to say... You know, only a point from from two games is not a good return, but it's so early, isn't it? What did you think about what happened at Birmingham? And could they have come away with more, perhaps? Yeah, definitely. Had the better chances, if you look at the old uh, XG stat, (laughs) then, uh, yeah, it was clearly in Bristol City's favour. It wasn't for the Leeds game, obviously, although, interestingly, um, the XG stats that I looked at for that game showed that it was slightly... Uh, closer than we originally thought, perhaps. You didn't feel it, did it? Watching no, the no, game. and it and it probably doesn't with the with the chances and the score lines when you when you think back to them. But anyway, and yeah, they they probably should have beaten Birmingham. And I I sort of wrote afterwards. I feel that if they played that game later on in the season, they probably would have won it when players are used to the system. Given the tumultuous events of deadline day, late deals, mm. new players coming into the side. I mean, four debuts. That is incredible. Yeah, four debuts per game. Yeah. And then they, not I wouldn't say outplay the opposition, but had the better chances. Then, yeah, it was a tremendous performance. So credit to the coaching staff for that and everything. Um, but hopefully they can they can build on it because they do need to get this first win. And QPR, there was a lot of, a lot of changes, but we saw what Liam Walsh could do. That was a brilliant free kick. Oh, absolutely class, yeah. And... Uh, Good to hear the the head coach saying afterwards that he practices that a lot. So basically, it's his just rewards for for yeah his work on the training pitch. But what's he going to do about the midfield on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, just on Liam Walsh. I mean, we we understand that he is a candidate to go out on loan. In fact, Lee Johnson confirmed on BBC Radio Bristol himself that the likes of Marley Watkins, Liam Walsh, and possibly there was another player. I can't Matty remember. Taylor? But yeah, Matty Taylor possibly. The three of those guys could well leave the club before the end of the window for League One and League Two clubs, September mm. the 2nd. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that. I know there's League One interest in Liam Walsh. There were, it was obviously very interesting seeing Matty Taylor down at Oxford United yeah, on the weekend. What, what was that about? Well, as we reported uh, on deadline day, we were expecting him to make a move to Charlton. That was our information. A, yep. a deal was. So, would was that have been close a loan move? Yeah, I think it might well have been a low move. And, yeah, that was our information. And for whatever reason, it fell apart at the last. And uh, Lee Johnson explained himself that basically he gave Matty Taylor a few days off. We asked Jamie McAllister on Monday and he played down the chances of a move to to the Kassam Stadium, saying that all he was doing was going to his hometown. Obviously, he comes from Oxford. Mm. Although he was pictured talking to Carl Robinson. Yeah. So I I do think... Matty will probably go on loan or leave the club before September the 2nd. Do you think he's had enough of a chance? That's another question. I I do feel a bit sorry for him, I have to say, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, this kind of move stuff is all being played out in the public eye and it's probably very rich for me to say. (laughs) I'm I'm writing most of those stories (laughs) myself. But really, it should be done in-house, ideally, and and it's just a confirmation of where he's going next. We can't help it. It's our job. We've got to cover it. Um, but hopefully Matty does get a move lined up soon because I don't think he's got um, much of a future at Bristol City. That's according to But he's always done so well when he comes on. He has done. He has done. And I actually thought he was very good against Leeds in that first game of the season, even for just the final last 10 minutes. 
And his goals to minutes record isn't too bad. And, and he also improved year on year. I personally would give him another chance at Bristol City. Maybe that w- might yet happen, but mm. I somehow doubt it. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Liam Walsh, just going back to him, I think there's League One interest in him. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether his performance on Tuesday has maybe um, kept him in-house for a bit. You do need the numbers. And uh, Lee Johnson's got a decision to make there. It's tricky because there is competition for places, but it's now about finding that sort of right lineup, the most cohesive sort of unit, and you know, before long, hopefully, getting a starting eleven that picks itself. But these are the games early in the season where the players are making a claim for those places. So, on Saturday, do you think there'll be any surprises? Um, no, I I think it'll be pretty much the same Birmingham team. Yeah. I have to say, some of the guys really did did do well. Uh, Masengo, Hanno Masengo looked really class on Tuesday and he will definitely be in the reckoning but I just think that they'll go with uh, Adam Nai um, and Josh Brownhill obviously in the middle those two guys probably do a little bit more off the ball that's that's what Lee Johnson pointed to after the game wasn't in transition it? The, and yeah the, the aggression and mm. although I have to say I was so impressed by how Noah on the ball his his little turns, feints of direction. Yeah, it's a lovely little turn that's sort of gone viral on Twitter. Yeah, turn a turn of pace, um, real energy. You maybe if you didn't watch the game, you maybe don't realise that he was non-stop movement the entire game, buzzing around mm. between midfield, defence, uh, lovely passing range. Didn't lose the ball at all. So, and and also think for them to bring in a talent like him, they must have promised him a lot of game time. Yeah. So he's going to be in contention. Uh, probably Liam Walsh as well. What about Sammy Swaddicks? How did he get on? I didn't think Sam had his best game actually on Tuesday. Probably the worst one I've seen him uh, play yet for Bristol City. Is that because he was out on the wing? Yeah, possibly, possibly. Is he not better sort of as a 10? Possibly. He didn't get the best service. There was a couple of times he made really good runs and he wasn't found by his teammates. And there was also one great low Eliasson cross that was inside the area that maybe should have done a bit better with. He didn't connect with the ball. Um, That's... Let's not forget he's come up from League Two. It might take him a little bit of time to get used to this this standard of football, this this intensity. So, yeah, I've got no doubts about him in the long term. So, but yeah. What, what system is he going to play on Saturday? I just think the three at the back suits them so well. It's and who would be your three at the back? Baker, Callis and Ryan? Yeah, the, those three guys have got the experience. And that probably leads on to my one criticism of the transfer window, mm. is that... I just think they should have had... If, they, if you're going to sell Adam Webster late in the window, you need to have yeah, that backup plan. Yeah. And the only reason I, I would... thought ma- they did have a backup plan. Yeah, exactly. This is what we hear as well. They, Lee is, I, I don't often... Well, don't criticise the club too much, but I do unfortunately think they deserve to be criticised here because they have said before that if they're going to sell people... Yeah, that's the message. ...and that they'll have replacements lined up. And Who's the replacement then? Yeah, they haven't done that. Maybe they're going to bring in someone from the, the free agent market. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Well, someone as good as Webster? Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to be possible, obviously. There might be um, a, a, someone out there that they feel can add a bit of quality to the squad in that position. And it also it must be said that Taylor Moore's done pretty well yeah. there. But I don't think that is a long-term solution. What I would accept is that they did have someone in mind, but they couldn't get him, but they feel they can get them in January and it's worth waiting for that for Well, the and right taking person. the money from Webster as well. Yeah, and, and it's worth waiting till January to get the right person. I might accept that because the season is long and as long as they're in a decent position mm. by January, then, then that's OK. But It's a big risk. Seeing we'll have to see. They, they don't 
to my eye, there's no one really that's... I said in my column last week that, you know, we've been told there was a plan, but right now it's not evident what that plan was. I know, just just to add on that, I, I know that they really liked Kieran Clark of Newcastle, but our information was that he was never going to leave the Premier League. We believe there was interest as well in Scott McKenna up at Aberdeen. Yeah. And it was interesting to, to see if anything might have materialised with the loan of Zach Viner going the other way. Mm. But obviously nothing did there. And um, there's a third person we believed... Oh, we believed that they liked um, Hector, Michael Hector, of Sheffield Wednesday, who's left in limbo a little bit because his move to Fulham didn't go through. But unfortunately, parachute payments look to have, have won the race there. And he'll probably go to Craven Cottage, unfortunately, in January. Uh, in terms of sort of who's going to start at the fullbacks, do you think it'll be Tommy Rowe one side and Pereira the other? Yes, I Jack, do. What about Jack Hunt? Can he be getting left behind? He scored a great goal. He scored an amazing Tuesday. goal on Tuesday on his weaker foot as well. That was, yeah, that was a brilliant strike. Keeps him in contention. And also, I actually thought Pedro Pereira looked a little bit rusty mm. when he got played against didn't he? Yeah, he did. He was getting better as the game went on, but there was just a few little things like standing on the ball and it rolling mm. out of play, you know. And um, Yeah, he didn't look quite up to the pace. However, as I say, he looked better as the game went on. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing a bit more of him. Jack Hunt, I just feel too many goals have come down his flank of late. So maybe some work to be done there. As I say, though, I, I do feel City suit that three at the back system at the moment and that probably lends itself more to Jack Hunt playing because he can get forward. And mm. I, I do always think he's a brilliant option going forward. His crossing yeah. is good. He's, he's, he's agile. He can beat a man. And what a goal, as, as we say on Tuesday. Yeah, he's a nice guy as well. Um, what about Benekafobi or Famara Gigi or Antoine Semenyo? Who do you start up from, assuming that Vyman plays behind? Yes, good competition for places. I think you've got to go back to Fam because he, he did the business the other day. Unless, obviously, we don't see everything on the training pitch unless there's a fitness fitness issue there or Lee feels that the freshness will make a difference. Uh, I, I guess, to, to be fair as well, Afobe has got the pedigree as well. I mean, he's played at a higher level. Jamie McAllister pointed that out to me the other day. That Yeah, he's played Premier League level yep. and scored goals even at that level as well. So, yeah, it is, it is good options they've got there. Um, just want to mention about Tommy Rowe, because I left him out just before, but he's been excellent, really good across pre-season and really, really good against Birmingham. And I also thought he was excellent against QPI. Things that, again, you don't maybe see off the ball but his pressing was top notch he was flying forward from left back position really hunting the ball down I know Lee Johnson will have been impressed by that because he loves his pressing mm -hmm. high energy play and yeah great goal last week and how's Dan Bentley been doing in goal? Yeah, Dan Bentley's done all right. I don't think he's really had too much chance with any of the goals that have gone past him. His kicking has been really good. I was checking out his sort of pass map the other day. I mean, we pointed out after the Birmingham game how um, Adam Nye as... Adam Nye, Adam Nye. It's like Adam Nye, I think. Nike. No, not Nike. There's like, there's, it's like you don't say the K, it's like Adam Nye, like that. Okay, Adam Nye. Yeah, maybe we should ask him on Saturday. Today, but, I'm about to ask him. We're oh, fantastic. Free, he's up You're for on the way to press conference. But also, um, on their Instagram, he said it like that. On ah. their That's what I'm going off. Okay. Because okay. I was doing it on Deadline Day and Sky Sports and originally thought, oh, it must be Nagy. But it's a Hungarian pronunciation. It's beyond me. But anyway, Adam. Yes. <laughs> he, he His passing was superb. I mean, he only misplaced three passes the entire game. And I was looking through Dan Bentley's passing and he only misplaced four. So you that's compare that to Frank bad. Fielding, with yeah, respect to Frank yeah, Fielding. Yeah, with respect to Frank. And, uh, he was a great shot stopper. Yeah, I, but the bigger point is probably that 
Bristol City, for me, are conceding too many goals at the moment. Mm-hmm. Work definitely, to do definitely. for Lee, Dean and Macca on the training pitch. But they'll know that. And um, as we say, the season is young and hopefully we're going to see a good result that we can. It goes back to Welsh today, doesn't it? That is probably yeah, a big thing. And they haven't really done the club any favours with this late sale. But, but Welsh played against Leeds. Yes. And they conceded yeah. three goals. Well, there you go. So, so maybe not. Um, what do you think in terms of QPR at the weekend? What sort you expecting from them? I mean, really, Bristol City could have come away with a 3-2 win, couldn't they? Well, Liam Walsh's penalty conceded didn't look like a penalty. Never a penalty. Really soft penalty. I, I can understand <laughs> Lee Johnson's frustration with the referee after the game and supporters as well because it was terrible. The standard of officiating in the, in the Championship is always bad. Um, and in the Carabao Cup, yeah, it's not got much better. Never, ever a penalty. The only thing I would say in mitigation for the referee is that the one before it, which Adam and I, I feel, um, was involved with, I think it was maybe against Chair or Pew cutting in from the wing, I, I thought that might have been given and it did look a little bit more clumsy. And, and maybe that was in the back of his mind. Yeah, I, that's what I, I think it is. Maybe he was trying to rise it up a little. Mm, yeah, tricky. So they could have come away with more, but the Carabao Cup is off off the table. No uh, great cup run like a couple of seasons ago in that. Uh, let's talk about Brian Tinian. Did, did a piece on him this week about uh, how he's been bringing players through, but there has been interest in him from other clubs because he's doing such a good job. Yeah, we, we reported on this earlier in the week that there's interest, as we understand it, from Premier League clubs in Brian Tinian. And that's perfectly understandable for two, well, two or three reasons. One, he's doing a brilliant job at Bristol City. And I sort of wrote as well that the Robins are a victim of their own success here because they've done so well with, with bringing through young players, selling them on for a lot of money. I think a lot of other clubs are looking to replicate what they're doing. And in particular, what we know is that this role of loans manager is is part of the game that's really growing. There's um, an influential website I read a lot called Training Ground Guru. They report that a lot of clubs are looking to appoint loan managers and that's why Brian Tinian is of interest mm. to other clubs. And if you think about it, he'd be a perfect appointment for other people because he's got um, the contacts, yep. the skills, and he knows what he's doing. But obviously he's at Bristol City through and through and, uh, and he would be a massive loss if the club... Um, did lose him. Our information is that he was considering um, offers because he was maybe questioning whether there was um, basically the pathway still just at this moment for local talents with the likes of other recruitments coming in to Bristol City, the likes what, of, in terms of midfielders, Pedro, like Masengo coming yeah, in. Masengo coming in, Pedro Pereira, right back, etc. And City do have good young players. So, uh, yeah, this is something we reported earlier in the week, but Hopefully the club has sort of sorted this out. What they certainly need to do is speak to Brian and and smooth that out and make sure he doesn't go anywhere because he would be a tremendous loss. Yeah, huge loss. He's obviously Bristol City through and through, so I don't think it would be too hard to convince him to stay. And yeah, hopefully, well, it may already have happened because I saw him tweeting the other day about Bristol City. Yeah, he didn't go anywhere, pretty much, he said, didn't he? He said he to the tweet. So hopefully that's already happened and... And that would be the right thing because absolutely he's doing a great job. Do you think he's got a fair point about players or younger players perhaps not being given opportunities like others? I'm not so sure about that myself because I think the future of the Bristol City midfield, for example, is is Masengo, who's only 18, and possibly someone like James Morton. And that would be your perfect combination, obviously, James. Oh, Jim Morrell. 
Yeah, he's doing very well at Lincoln at the moment. He's, he's got to be in consideration. James Morton, though, he's, I think he's a little bit younger. And some of the clips I've seen of him and, and also seen him live, um, he's, he's taken the ball on the half term, his, his quality of passing. This is a guy who's got real talent. He's started, he started very well at Forest Green Rovers and is very highly rated within Ashton Gate. I know this among the coaching staff. So, yeah, for me, those two guys and the likes of Joe Morrell would be the future of the club. And it, it, there's probably room for, for both of them if you recruit well. So maybe it's just an issue for the club to sort inside. Mm. As I say, maybe they've already done that and, and hopefully we will move on. Also this week you did quite a long feature on Mark Ashton. Uh, it's a long read. I know often we have stories that go out uh, short quick reads but this is a more extended read all about him his profile and his role at the club and what others think of him yeah it's it's been a labor of love i have to say over <laughs> several months this and i've spoken to a lot of people basically to get some background and, and and work out how sort of mark ashton works really and people kind of people i've spoken to involve one uh, efl club owner who did some business with bristol city this season uh some agents who work regularly with the club and obviously then have to deal with Mark Ashton, several people within the club, a couple of ex-Bristol City employees as well, a couple of current board members, a couple of ex-board members as well. Uh, I also had to track down um, a, a journalist who now lives in France, uh, spoken to other journalists as well. And yeah, just wanted to build or get an understanding, really, a feel of how Mark works and just feel that that that's going to be of interest to a lot of City fans. Well, because he ultimately has a big say on the transfer. Huge say. And, and also, it's been a huge transfer window once again for Bristol City. Some 12 incoming players, I think it was 11, sorry, 10 last summer, 10 the summer before. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a massive role at Bristol City, a very, very key role. So, yeah, when you, when you are the CEO, obviously, of the club, you deserve to be scrutinised. And um, it's good to... Good to delve into that bit. And I have to say that all the feedback has been very good. And Anything that surprised you when you were doing your research? No, not really, to be honest. I think, and this kind of leads on from what Neil Warnock actually said the other day, that, that Bristol City always handle themselves very well. They're yes. very professional. Yeah. And basically what I've learned is that Mark Ashton is incredibly hardworking and, and he spends a lot of time doing his job, getting the right deals for Bristol City. And this is a look into how that happens, really. If you want to read that, that's online at the moment at the Bristol Post website. And we can't go without talking about Derby because even though that's um, next Tuesday, we'll record the podcast after that. I played them in pre-season, but it's never really a massive indication, is it? Uh, what are you thinking about Derby? Well, interesting recruitment with Wayne Rooney, wasn't it? And, uh, and what, the 32 yeah. on the back of his shirt? <laughs> I think there's some, some reservations from the EFL about that. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so, it'll be, yeah, I'm not too sure if that's been resolved just yet. I mean, they haven't exactly got off to a flyer, have they? They drew 0-0 with Swansea. Mm. Uh, they that scraped by Scunthorpe in the League Cup. They had a good win against Huddersfield away. Mm. But... Um, yeah, a bit of a mixed mix start, really, like Bristol City. I was kind of hoping the upheaval there would knock them back a bit. Mm. But that doesn't seem to have been quite the case so far. And obviously they've lost the likes of Mason Mount and Harry Wilson. Mm-hmm. But in Kieran Dowell, then he's, he's not too dissimilar a talent, another England under-21 player. So, yeah, I, I do feel they've kind of plugged their gaps quite well there. Obviously Wayne Rooney in as well. So it's going to be incredible to have Wayne Rooney in the championship. In yeah, general, isn't it? it's great for the for the profile and everything. Going to be a very interesting match. That um, I just hope City can by that point have, have got the defence working well and, and can get a result up there because I do feel 
Derby are going to be in the mix for the top six again. Yes. With City and uh, and the other clubs, really, who were around there last season. They need to get a result against um, QPR on Saturday, don't they? They do, they do. Because if not, going to Derby and not really having had a big result yet, that's a tricky start to the season, that. It is, and the pressure just grows then, doesn't it? So... Yeah, you you wouldn't want to be going five six games without without a win. Yeah. So hopefully they can get the win this weekend and put it all to bed. Fantastic, Gregor. Thank you as always. A busy couple of days coming up. Then we'll be back after the QPR game and after Derby County to reflect on those. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. And thank you for listening. Robins on the wire.